It's the Popcorn Playbook, a critical take on the wide world of sports movies. Tom Cruise is Stefan Georgievich, a kid whose dreams are bigger than the town he lives in. This is a story of courage, of love, of all the right moves. Tom Cruise, all the right moves. 1983's All the Right Moves is somewhat of a forgotten relic in Tom Cruise's filmography. It was released soon after his breakout performance in Risky Business, but still a few years before Top Gun flew him to superstardom and before Rain Man got people to take him seriously as an actor. At the time, he was still mostly just a teenage heartthrob. So what better vehicle for him than a movie about a high school football player? And that's how we got All the Right Moves, also starring Leah Thompson and the late Chris Penn in some of their earliest roles. Now, I know what you're thinking. Really? An 80s teen romp with Tom Cruise as a football player? Okay, yes, it does have some 80s fashion disasters, and yes, the music is horrendous. But if you can get past those blemishes, I think you'll find a surprisingly good, surprisingly gritty football movie. One that does things a lot of other football movies don't. And one that I think deserves more credit than it gets. The film is set in the fictional town of Ampipe, Pennsylvania, a working-class town near Pittsburgh whose economic lifeblood is the local steel mill. Ampipe is based on Duquesne, Pennsylvania, a town Pat Jordan wrote an article about in 1980 which inspired the story for All the Right Moves. Jordan summed up the realities of life in Duquesne through its geography. All the east-west roads in the city, he wrote, lead directly to the steel mill. Unless, of course, you had some way out. And for many of the young men in Duquesne, the way out was football. Duquesne High School's players were notoriously hard workers because they were all desperate for college scholarships. As one player in Jordan's article said, Without a football scholarship, I'd probably have to go to work in the mill. It's the first time in my life I felt pressure. The parents in Duquesne supported this salvation through football, not only by encouraging their sons to play, but even holding them back a year before starting kindergarten, just so that they would be a little more physically developed by the time they reached high school. That sort of do-or-die desperation is exactly what All the Right Moves plays upon. For the Ampipe High players, football means a shot at something more than they could otherwise expect. Yeah, hey, Walnut Heights, huh? <laughs> You know, there's going to be recruiters there from every college that I want to go to, Lise. All to see Stefan Georgievich. <laughs> well, it's no joke. I mean, Walnut Heights, they have the best halfback in the whole state. I figure I knock him on his ass a couple times, I'll have my pick of colleges. That's Tom Cruise as high school senior and star player Stefan Georgievich, making it clear to his girlfriend Lisa, played by Leah Thompson, what this upcoming game really means to him. This is my shot. This is my way out Friday night. Now, the idea of sports as a way out of a small town is certainly not a new one. In fact, when All the Right Moves was released in 1983, a lot of critics compared it unfavorably to Flashdance, 
which was also released that year and was also about someone from a western Pennsylvania steel town desperate for a way out. Her name is Alex. She works in a man's world. She dances in a world of her dreams. Flashdance. If a dream comes true just one time, it can change your life for all time. But while the basic premise might not be the most original, I want to discuss some of the things that I think do help all the right moves stand out from a lot of other football movies. Ready! For one thing, it avoids a lot of the typical tropes. For instance, Cruz's character, Stefan Georgievich, is a cornerback. Typically in a football movie, you would expect the hunky leading man to play a sexy offensive skills position, most likely quarterback, but maybe running back or wide receiver, something that would allow him to score a lot of touchdowns and do some end zone dancing. But there aren't too many football movies where the protagonist is a defensive player, let alone a cornerback. And the football scenes themselves are refreshingly toned down. In so many football movies, the game sequences are montages of bone-crushing hits, diving catches, spins, jukes, and other highlight reel plays. But in all the right moves, the big plays are few and far between. What we mostly get is a lot of down and dirty action in the trenches, which is often sloppy and unproductive, but feels a lot more like a real high school football game. What's also nice about this approach is that it brings the strategy of football into the film. With other football movies, the ones that are great play after great play after great play, what they often leave out is the chess match that goes on between the coaches. The defense trying to anticipate what the offense will call, the offense trying to predict what the defense will guess so they can call something completely different. It's a gridiron battle of wits. So I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. In most football movies, we don't see this cerebral clash because it's all about someone making an unbelievable one-handed catch for the winning touchdown, and nobody cares what play the coach called. But in reality, a lot of football players are won or lost before the ball is ever snapped. All the Right Moves not only brings in this gamesmanship, it makes it a focal point of the movie's central event, the big game between Ampipe and their rival Walnut Heights. Look, I've been up all night with this thing. I want you to take a look at this. If we play these guys straight up, I mean, they're going to blow us out, huh? But if we neutralize their running game and force them to pass, that way we can take away the edge they got on us. We'll put our linemen yard and a half off the ball. Four-point stance. 62 stack. You got it. Submarine every play. A goal line defense the entire game. Yeah, they're never going to expect it. When Alexander comes up the line, all he's going to find is a pile of people. What if he tries to break the round in? Well, we got our linebackers and corners there to contain him. If they try to pass, we're too quick for him. Nobody's ever tried it. Yeah, I know, but if it works, we're geniuses. If it doesn't, uh, what do we got to lose? Our lives. Right. And then we see this plan executed in the big game, and we see it shut down Walnut Heights' offense for much of the game, much to the consternation of their head coach. What the hell is going on out there? Why can't we block those little turkeys? They cut my knees out, coach. We can't do nothing. I don't want to hear that bullshit. Block them anyway. You understand? 
The coach's primary role in a lot of sports movies is solely as the motivational leader and father figure. So here it's nice to see the coaches bringing some X's and O's to the movie. Safety. I want you playing right up here with the linebackers, okay? I want you reading these ends. Yes, coach. Now, if they block down, I want you shooting back down. I want you to stick somebody. By the way, if the Ampipe High head coach sounds familiar, that's because he's played by Craig T. Nelson. Several years later, Nelson would portray another football coach, Hayden Fox, on the very successful ABC sitcom Coach. But he's not so soft and likable here in All the Right Moves. Nelson's character, Vern Nickerson, is your typical tough-as-nails, drill sergeant-style head coach. What are you doing, man? I mean, you sit all the way from here to here. Where the hell's your feet? Jesus, you really pissed me off. What's wrong with you, son? God damn, that wasn't even a block. I can't hear you. Nothing, sir. What was that? That was like a third-base slide, man. You block about as good as a jelly donut. You know that? That was nothing. You call that nuts? Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. Jesus, you're pissing me off. But what makes him different is that he wants out of this town just as much as his players do. And just like them, he's using football to try and achieve it. At the same time some of his players are being scouted by colleges, he's also being scouted for a potential coaching job. Well? Yeah, well, it was great. I mean, those guys from Cal Poly, they stayed the whole time. And? Yeah, well... And we're going to go grab a few beers afterwards, maybe eight or nine. Eight or nine. Oh, <laughs> oh that's great. Yeah, it is. I tell you, I got a good shot at defensive backfield coach, okay? It's just down to me and a guy from Aliquippa, you know who. Yeah, he's good, but you're better. We're going to get out of here, Suze. Yeah. Usually, the coach in a sports movie is only worried about losing the job he already has. But here we have a coach who wants to move on to a better one a coach who's just as desperate as his players are for a shot at something better for himself and his family. Relax. They're going to give you the job. Oh, yeah. Oh, Christ, I hope so. But in the same way that the football action is more understated here than usual, so are the dreams of Coach Nickerson and his players. Does the coach have his sights set on coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Dallas Cowboys? Nope. Well, then surely he must want to become the head coach at a college powerhouse like Notre Dame or Alabama. Nope. He's just hoping to become the defensive backs coach at Cal Poly. It's a relatively modest goal, one that almost doesn't seem dramatic enough for a Hollywood movie, but that's also what makes it refreshing. And it adds to the idea that all Nickerson and his players really want is just to get out of Ampipe. Those same kind of modest expectations apply to Tom Cruise's character, too. While Steph is hoping to be recruited by some of the bigger colleges, he has no football expectations beyond that. Steph, we'd like you to come and visit the campus. Take a look at the living conditions, the academic setting. Meet the coaches, some of the players. We got two alumni in the pros right now. One of them's all conference. Do you want to play pro ball? Me? (laughs) How about it, Pop? And now there's not much call for a 5'10 white cornerback in the NFL. I know I could do the job in college, though. Most sports movies wouldn't have their protagonists laugh off the idea of making it to the pros. But Steph is just being realistic. It's also nice how this scene acknowledges Tom Cruise's small physical stature. 
just in case any viewers have been questioning his casting this whole time. Though Tom Cruise actually did play a year of high school football as a linebacker, so maybe size isn't everything. What are you looking for, Steph? I'm looking to trade football for an education and still be able to walk. I'm going to be an engineer. Coach Nickerson doesn't need the Steelers. He'd be happy just being an assistant coach at Cal Poly. And Steph doesn't need to make it to the NFL. He'd be happy going to college and becoming an engineer. And he's truly serious about engineering. That isn't a throwaway line put in just to make the character seem a little more rounded. We actually see his passion for engineering throughout the film. Before we even first see Steph, we see a mechanical schematic with his signature hanging on his bedroom wall. And later he explains his motive for engineering to his girlfriend, Lisa. Georgievich has been humping steel out of this town for years. You know, Grandpa, Pop, Greg. I mean, you know, it's about time one of us had something to say about the stuff after it's been made. That's going to be me. And later still, he shows her some of his drawings, which he's been doing since he was a kid. Did you do all these? Yeah. I guess this is what I've been playing football for for the past 10 years. What's that one? That's my undersea dome. <laughs> it's just one of the first things I ever did. It's good. We hear about engineering often enough to believe that it's just as important to Steph as football is, if not more so. Once again, because it's a way out. Now, Steph and Nickerson may have modest dreams, but at least they still have dreams. Some of the other players have already abandoned any hope of avoiding life at the mill, like running back Vinny Salvucci. Vinny, have you heard from any recruiters yet? Steph, who's kidding who? You know the reason why I'm playing since Plazowitz is hurt? Yeah, you still got a shot. Right, for welfare. Vinny embodies the resignation and hopelessness that so much of this town feels especially those who can't use football as a way out, like Steph's girlfriend, Lisa. I want to go to college and study music, but we can't afford it. And nobody in Ampipe gets a music scholarship, just football scholarships. So I'll be a grocery clerk. I'm stuck here, Steph. I haven't even got a chance. I'm 17 years old. It's not fucking fair. But even though she's angry and frustrated in this moment, she still fully supports Steph and the Ampipe High team, just like everybody in the town does. It's ironic that even though the movie emphasizes how badly the characters want to get out of Ampipe, one of its central themes is the sense of community between the town and its football team. A lot of sports movies are very insular in that they really just focus on the team and its players, and we don't see much of the effect that a team can have on its community. There are some exceptions. We Are Marshall focuses extensively on the relationship between the team and its community, although that's also due to the extraordinary circumstances of the story. Friday Night Lights, and especially Hoosiers, also do a very good job of depicting how invested a small town can become in a high school sports team. 
but I think All the Right Moves might do the best job of capturing that feeling of an entire community living or dying together on Friday night. In his review for All the Right Moves, Roger Ebert noted, When a school victory reflects in a significant way upon your own feelings of worth, when we won means that we won, a football game can take on aspects of Greek tragedy. This game is not just for the students. It's for the whole town. It's for, it's for the mothers, for the fathers, and the steel workers. I grew up in a town with not one, not two, but three different high schools. So obviously there wasn't one team that the whole town could unite behind. You could walk into a store or restaurant on Saturday morning and likely not find a single person who knew what happened the night before to any of the three local teams. But in Ampipe, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who wasn't at the game, let alone didn't know the final score. Maybe it's because everyone in Ampipe seems to share the same ambitions, but also the same helplessness, which contributes to the Greek chorus effect Ebert alluded to. The town speaks and acts as a whole. So one person's failure is everybody's failure. And one person's success can be everybody's success. Your friends, your family, your parents, your school, this town. A win tonight is going to give them something to be proud of, something they can believe in. That's why Lisa is rooting for Steph to get a scholarship and get out of Ampipe, even if it means she'll never see him again. What would you do, Lisa? Would you go with him? I'm a junior. I have a whole year left. What about after you graduate? You know, if he leaves here, you'll probably lose him. I have to let him go. I love him. I was in love with someone in high school. We were going to get married after graduation. But the Army took him. And I went to North Carolina State and met Vern. What do you want to do, Lisa? I want to study music. Then do it. What happened to that boy from high school? Tommy? Oh, I guess he's back in Parkersburg. I haven't thought about him in a hundred years. God, I loved him. No more than I love Steph. And that's why the players are rooting for one another, too. Another trope of a lot of football movies is dissension within the team. There's usually one player who's a prima donna that the rest of the team can't stand, or a religious teetotaler everyone else mocks, or the position rivals trying to sabotage one another for playing time. We don't get that in all the right moves. Instead, we see a group who has each other's backs. I'm going to West Virginia. I'm going to West Virginia. Good for him, you know. I always wanted to go to West Virginia. Hey, Shadow, here's to West Virginia. There's to it. But there is a dark side to this sense of community. When you live vicariously through a team, you share their defeats along with their victories. And the film captures how a bad loss can reverberate through an entire town. When the steel mill, the backbone of Ampipe's economy, lays off 700 employees, it's hard not to see a metaphorical connection to the team's loss. 
The whole town seems to go downhill with the team. And for the players who can't get out, the community they once counted on for support becomes like vampires draining whatever's left of them. You too good for us or something? No, sir, I just want to go to college. <laughs> hey, Georgievich! We'll see you around, okay? <laughs> we'll see you around. To me, that line is the most vicious in the entire film. It's a reminder to Steph that you're stuck here, just like the rest of us. Like a lot of football movie coaches, Coach Nickerson tries to be the voice of inspiration to his players, preaching toughness and resiliency. We got any quitters here? No, no sir! I didn't hear you. No, no, sir! You know what's going to happen? You quit on this football field, you're going to quit high school, you're going to quit your job, you're going to get married, you're going to quit your lady. You know what you're going to end up being? You're going to end up quitters and losers. None of you guys are quitters and losers. There any quitters here? No, no sir! Didn't hear you. No, sir! Can't hear you. No, sir! But as things go from bad to worse in Ampipe, even he starts to realize that his pep talks can only do so much. I don't need to graduate. I need a job. My uncle's been laid off. My brother's out of work. We're hurt. You quit school now, you're going to be out there on the streets. How's that going to help your family? You're too good a kid for that. Hey, Vinny, I know you're no quitter. What? Don't quit on me, man. Right, coach. You can hear the tone in Vinny's voice here. He knows that Nickerson's don't quit speech is nothing but empty football rhetoric. And later, when Vinny gets arrested at school, he throws it back in Nickerson's face. Stop it! Hold it! Stop! Where are you taking him? To jail. Help me. Well, what for? I'm Robert. Help me, coach. Hey, help me, coach. The sneering, sarcastic bite in his help me coach unravels any sense of authority or control from Nickerson. Being the head football coach might make you feel like Zeus when you're winning, but when you lose, you're as helpless as any other mortal in town. Nickerson, you are not God! Huh? (laughs) Every sports fan knows how emotionally volatile a season can be. You don't have to wear a jersey to feel like you scored the winning touchdown or got your nose bloodied. When things are bad, they're really bad. But when they're good... We did it, Ronnie! Did we do it? You did it! In the old days of pro sports, a team's nickname often represented the people of the community. The Pittsburgh Steelers the Milwaukee Brewers, the Green Bay Packers. Even the Brooklyn Dodgers referred to the pedestrians who would dodge the streetcars along Flatbush Avenue. That seems to have gone away in recent years. Lately, it seems like teams are named more for their geography, like the Miami Heat or the Colorado Rockies. But All the Right Moves feels like a throwback to those days when a team and a town were one. When it was okay to say, we, when talking about the team you rooted for. Hey, Steph, we're going to beat Walnut Heights? No, All right, get in! The film's closing credits play over a montage of Ampipe, which feels appropriate. It's more than just a setting in the film. It's part of the cast. Why are we Ampipe? 
All the Right Moves was not particularly successful at the box office, despite Tom Cruise's emerging fame. But I think it holds up as a football film that doesn't fall into a lot of the traps some others do. Except for that awful music. If you've never seen it, or haven't seen it since members-only jackets were a thing, give it a shot. And on the sixth day, he created the football player. And fans paid money to watch them hurt. And that was good. And on the seventh day, they all played football. 6-2 Stack Monster! 6-2 Stack Monster! Ready? Thanks for listening to the Popcorn Playbook. You can read Pat Jordan's article about Duquesne High School football in the best sports writing of Pat Jordan. By the way, most of All the Right Moves was shot in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which was home to the Johnstown Jets, a minor league hockey team. Now, why is that significant? Find out next episode.